Don't just focus on what you do. Think about your client. Put yourself in their shoes. Help them to achieve something bigger together. And that's Mm -hmm. what I love to help companies to achieve. Welcome to the Picture of Wealth, or TPOW as we call it. I am your host, Dustin Service. Listener, what a treat to have Rebecca Jenkins on the show today. She tells uh, or shares with us tips and tricks on sales strategies, something that I haven't uh, talked a lot about in the podcast, but we're all selling, whether we're selling, you know, getting a a raise, whether we're selling a client, a customer, or we are selling uh, our spouse on what we want to spend money on. Now, she does everything from break it down to her vital system. It's an acronym, which she breaks down what those things are, gives us a framework, a roadmap, talks about personal mentorship new skills and knowledge, and talks about in-person events and the power of the community around you. So I, again, I really support this podcast. I couldn't be more happy to have Rebecca on the show and talk to us about sales strategies. Without further ado, Rebecca Jenkins coming to us from the UK. Rebecca, welcome to the Picture of Wealth, and I'm excited to have a guest like you of your caliber and life experience on the show. It'll make, makes my job a lot easier, and I appreciate you coming on the show today. Oh, Dustin, thank you very much. And now you've set the scene. <laughs> I can live up to that now. I, Come uh, on, I, is it, that fair? <laughs> it didn't take long to kind of research sort of what you're doing and uh, feel like I can't wait for this conversation. So in, in the coaching space and in, you know, betterment, growth, you know, you mentioned all of those things in uh, in your intro. Give us sort of just warm us up with what what you're actually doing for business owners and I know that's a big question. I hate being asked it, but I'm going to push you because I know you can handle it. But warm us up with what you're up to for business owners and why listeners should keep listening. Well, thank you for saying you think I can handle it. I'm not so sure myself, but here it goes. I help businesses find, grow, and retain their ideal clients in a very simple nutshell. So it's how do you accelerate your revenue and your profits through those things? Because ultimately, it all starts with being able to find the right clients and gain them and then grow them. And it's all about using a very specific process and without a single salesy approach. We don't want to be sold to, none of us. So we've got to find a really nice, comfortable way. And that's what I find many of my clients really like. It's how do you build relationships and nurture leads And that's what I've been doing for the majority of my career and in building previous business to um, eight figures, doing it that way. So it can be done. Awesome, Rebecca. Well, well, definitely you gave me lots of angles, but I think ultimately, listener, if you're a business owner, what Rebecca is talking about is freedom, is freedom for you. Again, if you're an entrepreneur, you specifically or intentionally, maybe you didn't, but you probably set out on that journey for certain reasons, to have your own control, to have your own independence, and ultimately have freedom in your life. And so what a better guest to have on the show to give us those tools in our business, if we can help make decisions faster, if we can help you know, grow the business faster, if we can help empower our staff to then give us the freedom. So Rebecca, you know, I'm, I'm rambling to, to give you a couple of jump off points of where, you know, so let, let's I'm going to be selfish. I'm just going to say I'm a business owner now. I have five staff. I'm, you know, I, I go, go, go. And I look at coaching and I think, I just don't have time for that. I just, <laughs> where would I fit in? And, and like, really, I'm successful, in, you know, and it just, how, how, why and how would I fit this in? Or how, how do you help people 
gain clarity there to even make it a priority on my list. Okay, well, first of all, I don't really call it coaching because if we think of coaching in its absolute um, purest state, it would be you talking to me and me kind of listening to what you're saying and um, I'm not doing it justice here, but not actually sharing, necessarily sharing advice or how-tos or what you could do next or have you, you know. And so it's very much a collaboration. It's about working together. So sharing my experience, helping you to avoid some of the silly mistakes that I've made in growing a business and just kind of giving next tips and advice that are very specific to your business. So it's a togetherness. And I had this conversation with a lovely lady the other day and she said, I love that. You're not going to just leave me to go away and do stuff. We're going to do this together. And we were talking very specifically about my methodology for winning corporate accounts and enterprise accounts. And I said, we'll we'll do this together. We'll both go off and do the research. We'll do it together. We'll come back. It will be a discussion and we'll decide where we go after that and what the next steps need to be. And I think that's a different approach to coaching. And I haven't quite got the perfect word for it. But yeah. You're helping us understand that it's you are a sort of trusted source, someone who can, you know, stick handle the unknowns of a business owner's kind of verbiage and get it going in a positive direction. Is that close? Yeah, that's close. And for me, um, there's kind of some start points. And the first start point for me is around the mindset. So having that mindset that is willing to learn, open for discussion, open for sharing new ideas. We might call it a growth mindset, might be a success mindset, but kind of being open and willing change things and do things differently and how, be how do you know if someone's open-minded i think you can tell really quickly in a conversation with them yeah. yeah you can just ask a few questions and how they respond and you get a sense of of where they are how self-aware they are whether they're willing to whether you know they're kind of keen to grow and be ambitious and you know want to learn that's a big big part of it Sorry to interrupt. Uh, you mentioned the corporate uh, client, or you know, you're you're kind of helping a sales, maybe a salesperson to bigger enterprise. Yeah. Uh, is is that is that a niche that you you tend to have, or is it just some is an example you just mentioned? No, no, it's a bit of a niche. Uh, I'm always encouraging businesses to have a two pronged approach. So if they're really ambitious to grow, you can consider getting those corporate accounts. That's how I grew my previous business by winning those much bigger opportunities and enable the business to scale quite quickly. But if you use more traditional sales methods to win those corporate accounts, you it's just not going to work. It, it isn't going to happen because mm-hmm. they haven't got time for the discovery meeting. And when you want to go after corporate accounts, you've got to ditch the discovery meeting altogether. So in, uh, in the wealth management space, you know, all the coaching is, uh, you need to earn the trust and you got to be very, you know, you got to buy someone a drink before you propose to, you know, um, talk to them. And, you know, that sort of slow approach, whereas what you're saying totally makes sense, though. You know, you, how many emails does someone get at Nike or Apple or Sony, uh, you know, for things? So is that, is that what you're kind of talking about if you're trying to sell to those big companies? Yeah, if you're a B2B business and you want to win a corporate a client on an enterprise account, you've got to lead with insights. And so instead of going to a discovery meeting, let's, so let's say that's the, you are a corporate, I'm 
you you've agreed to give me a meeting. So I go to the meeting with you and I say, oh, tell me about this and tell me about that. And you're going to be thinking, my goodness, they've not done their research. I'm just telling them stuff I already know. What a waste of my time. Right. But if I come to you and I've done my research and I say, oh, I see, you know, your strategic intention is to achieve this. And I and I know that you might be interested in this because it's in your company accounts or your company statement. And I've put together an idea that I would like to share with you. Now, that creates a really different conversation. You're all ready streets ahead of your competitors because not many people are doing this. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be engaged and interested in seeing what you what you have to offer. It's very different from just sitting there and you having to regurgitate what you do already, which can be found out by maybe looking at the website. And just recently, I was talking to a buyer in a, in a large retailer. And I said to him, you know, how does a sales executive get an appointment with you? Tell me what they need to do. And he said, well, first of all, they need to get my details right. You'd be amazed how very often I'm considered to be in a different uh, company that I'm actually in. But I guess nobody on who's listening to this would make that sort of mistake. So he said, look, once I know they've done their homework and they've got something interesting, they can get a slot in my diary within a week. Mm-hmm. Isn't and that powerful? I, yeah, I hear that often from buyers when I'm asking them that question. What do you want? You know, all of this came about really from my own personal experience, growing a logistics business and thinking, how do we get those much bigger opportunities that our bigger competitors who are turning over billions, how do we win those and learn some painful lessons along that way, which I'm really happy to share because I think it might be inspiring to to others who are up against this. But that's how all of this came about really wondering how on earth do we do we crack that? How do we get these enterprise accounts? Well, you, you definitely gave me a segue because I was going to ask about it's UK Logistics, right? Or Logistics UK. Is that the company you're referring to? No, 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 no. That's, that was um, um, a trade association. Ah, okay. Okay. So, no, this was a, um, a logistics business and we had like a fleet of trucks okay. and we um, had drivers working day and night, doing deliveries. And uh, one of the companies that I really wanted to win, I really wanted to do their distribution, was a company that you've probably heard of. Uh, that's The Body Shop. Okay, yeah. Do you know them? Yeah, yeah. Have you bought, ever bought anything from The Body Shop? Long time ago, yeah, okay. long time ago. <laughs> well, this was a company that started out in the UK. It's such a brilliant story, but I will shorten it if that's okay with you. 100%, give me. Yeah. So um, started by a woman called Anita Roddick, Dame Anita Roddick, who very sadly is no longer with us, but she was very uh, entrepreneurial. She built the, she created her first shop in her garage. And uh, well, she started off in her garage creating the products, which were all natural and not tested on animals. That went well. Then she went into her first shop and the reason why all the body shop stores have dark green in them because she painted her first store dark green to hide the mold. So she was expanding the business really, uh, really fast across the UK and everybody who was in logistics knew that this was 
going to be a prize opportunity at some point to do their distribution. I had them on the list and uh, I got to know them way before they decided to go out to tender. I spent my time traveling to their head office, meeting the team, just almost as if I was an employee of Body Shop, really getting to know them well. And then one day I got a call and they said, hey, Rebecca, you know, we're going to go out to tender for our distribution. We'd like to invite you to tender and put in a proposal. And I thought, yippee, this is exciting. This is great. (laughs) And then they hit me with (laughs) a comment that said, but of course, you know, we're going to go to the much larger businesses. We're going to go to the top four logistics companies in the UK. And here we were, an SME, and I thought, well, I was happy a few minutes ago, and now I feel yeah. <laughs> I feel quite devastated then. I didn't think we stood a chance. Perhaps I didn't have such a growth mindset in those days, you know, but we went for it, and we put in our proposal. And as many salespeople will experience, it goes quiet. Have you been in this place, Dustin? Yeah. You then think, oh, they're talking to the competitors. Yeah, we're out. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is how your mind, well, that's how my mind worked. And I think that's how many people think when I've talked to them about, you know, that, that space between your proposal going in and you're not hearing back from them, you start to think the worst. But we got the call to say, we'd love you to come in and chat. We really like your proposal. Come in and talk to us. We've got a few queries, but, you know, it's kind of yours if we can sort these few things out. And that was a phenomenal moment. And to cut a long story short, we we won the business. It goes on. I nearly lost it. I think think we can change that. (laughs) Run with that for a sec on the logistics side, because I think now I'm starting to get a glimpse of where your sort of ambition comes from coaching or not. I keep saying coaching, but, you know, consulting, helping business owners, you know, create a better you know, fill in the blank listener because logistics is all about process and system. And it's the same in in any business. Usually create more efficiency, get more freedom. So what was the secret to running the body shop account efficiently in the logistics side? Well, it was, we won the tender because we had all of that insight that we were able to give them a, a kind of a, completely different solution to their distribution than anybody else came up with. The bigger players didn't think of it because they didn't have the insights that we had. They didn't have that knowledge. They hadn't put the effort in beforehand to get to know them. They just waited for the tender documents to arrive and then they responded to it. And that's where uh, smaller businesses have a secret weapon that the big players don't have. And they can utilize that really well to gain enterprise accounts because you just take the time to uh, do the insights across a number of key areas. There's four key areas that we we work on to get those insights. And we don't use traditional sales methods because that doesn't work for corporates. But it's finding a way ultimately that you can help that enterprise business increase their revenues or reduce their costs. But not by you reducing your costs. It's seeing a bigger picture. And what are those four things? 
So those four things are you want to be look, researching and getting insights into the target company. So I knew an awful lot about Body Shop. And you want to be understanding what your competitors are doing. You want to be Mine or Body Shop? Like if I'm the, logistics, the, yeah, Body Shop's The Body Shop's competitors. Yeah. yeah, thanks for that clarification. And you want to be understanding uh, what's happening in the sector. So what was happening in body shop sector? What what were what were the trends? What were the um, opportunities? And then the other one, and many people miss this off and don't even consider it. But this is quite an important one. So listen in because this one is you go to your target company's customers and find a way to understand what's happening in their world too. So an example would be uh, we, we want a, a big op- um, contract with a company that was manufacturing kitchens. So we spoke to the customers of those kitchens to find out what their big challenges were. And we got some very big insights that enabled us to change the way they did things and save that company a lot of money. It didn't impact our cost because, you know, that's not what it's about, not competing on price, but looking at the, pros- the, the, the target company's bigger picture and how we can help them. Have I explained that clearly enough? Not yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think you have a couple other processes that you use uh with the acronyms and is it is it along the same lines or are we talk am i switching am i pivoting that's primarily the vital method yes that's okay I'm so we're creating a vision we're getting the insights we're creating a transformation and we're applying that and leading the clients because you're always going to be leading your prospect or leading your clients and this applies whether you want to win a big enterprise account or if you already have clients and you want to grow those accounts, you can apply the methodology for both of those. As you mentioned, I just have a real passion for this. I really want to help SME businesses realize that they can achieve more, they can win those big accounts and not think, as I perhaps thought at the time, oh, those companies are much bigger, we'll never compete. Uh, They've got big pockets, they'll reduce their margins to win the account. If we think creatively and differently, that doesn't need to be the case. What about for small business owner that's, tar- you know, or someone that's targeting small business owner, you know, that's trying to work with, you know, they're, they're not necessarily a big corporate thing. And, um, you know, in the Western part of Canada, you know, we have some big firms, but we don't have those, you know, those big monsters. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's small business, 10 employees, 10 million of revenue, you know, is kind of very classic for our region. So what what would you say for someone trying to create relationships with those business owners? I think the key thing is it, the key thing is to think about how you like to be in, in quotation marks, sold to, mm-hmm. and you've, it's got to feel really comfortable to you. And I don't like any of these kind of, you know, artificial closing techniques. If we go with the approach that we're here to add value, if we think about it fundamentally, you've got a great product or service and you've got somebody who might have a need for it, you want to see if it's a good fit. 
And you mm-hmm. can only do that by having that conversation and finding out and being aligned to your values about providing value and having a client that you can work with for the long time and know that you're really going to make a difference to their business. Because I think fundamentally, if you feel you can't do that, you shouldn't go there. It will end in a way that's not good for either of you. And Mm -hmm. I know that because I've experienced that myself. I took on a client that I thought, oh, you know, this is a, it's a good name. We're going to work well together. And it didn't really work out. We parted amicably, but it caused us both a lot of pain. And we needn't have done that. I guess we both wasted time and money. So I'm a big advocate of just making sure the fit factor is there and you can add value and you can make a difference to their business. When you look at it that simply, you know, it just makes it just more natural and you can create a natural close because you're building that relationship and you're really evaluating, can you work well together? That's how mm-hmm. I see it. Is there any stories, uh, other stories when you were in, in you know, pre-coaching or coaching, coaching, but pre-business growth strategist and that you, you want to share that were sort of big moments in, you know, you shared the body shop. Uh, is there another moment that you can think of where it has a good story of maybe it didn't go as you thought, but then it turned around or a, a story where, you know, we're always talking about breaking through plateaus, you know, you kind of like become successful and you sort of sit there for a while and then you need something to shift. Usually it's in your head. <laughs> Usually it's a yeah. mindset thing and it's not, it's not something else, even though we're, we think it's the market, the economy, the customers have changed. It usually is ourselves. Is there any pivotal moments you can remember that uh, were plateau breakers? Yes. Thank you for asking because I love to share this. And it had so many, um, such a big impact on me. And it's kind of linked, well, it is linked to that story about the body shop. So you can imagine my excitement about winning that contract. I mean, we beat our much bigger competitors. It was one of those wow moments in life. And we had a phenomenal team working on Body Shop's premises, running the operation and making sure everything was working well. And after the first year into a three-year contract, we were, we'd done everything perfectly. Honestly, every single key performance indicator had been hit if not gone over we've got all their deliveries into all the stores met incredible peaks during christmas they'd open new stores blah blah we hit it and we were going for a review meeting early january to look at the previous year and just do a complete review and with the team we felt really upbeat about this meeting really looking forward to it and we went into the body shops um office sat down with the team and I could just sense that things were a little bit frosty Mm -hmm. but I had no idea why and so we started talking about the statistics and yeah Rebecca they're good yeah team's done a great job blah blah but particularly engaging with it and I just paused for a moment something is not right here and they said but you're but you're boring (laughs) and I boring said what do you mean? And they said, we can't really elaborate. You, you know, you've done a great job, but it's boring. And I know I very feebly said something. They said, if you don't sort this out, you're not going to keep the contract. And I said, what do you mean? They couldn't elaborate. And I said, well, we've got a three-year deal. And they said, if you're going to depend on that, Rebecca, you have to think again. 
You've got a couple of weeks to sort it out, come back. So here I was leading a business. How old were you? Oh, I don't know. Was I early 30s? Yeah. Okay. Leading a business and I didn't know what to do. And this was my prized client, profitable, phenomenal reputation that we'd won it. If we lost it, I know our bigger competitors would be clapping for joy. It would damage our reputation. What in the heck were we going to do? And I didn't have the answer. I didn't know. And it was pivotal for me for a number of reasons. One, I just had to suddenly say, I don't know what to do. It was a time when I thought, yeah, you just got to admit this. You've got to change your thinking here from thinking you're the one with all the answers. You don't have the answers. So you have to bring your team together to help you get the answers to this. The kind of concern about maybe losing this opportunity, how would damage would that do to the business? How could we go after other opportunities? And it would be out in the market that we'd lost this contract with a body shop after only a year into the term. So we got the team together and we really debated it and we had a couple of weeks to get through it. So we kept asking ourselves, how do we provide a better distribution service to body shop as you would? But hey, that was so the wrong question to be asking. The right question to be asking and when the penny actually dropped was, how do we provide a better service that aligns to the strategic goals of Body Shop. And when you think about it, what was important to them was the is and still is the environment, natural products. And here we were with a fleet of trucks belching out black smoke. I mean, what a misalignment. Mm-hmm. And this was a really hard business lesson in terms of, I mean, my best ever business lesson, I think, because it's been so pivotal to what I do now. I mean, it felt tough at the time, really tough. But We came up with this incredible idea of putting the first natural gas vehicle on the road for Body Shop, and we had no idea how we were going to do it. It So the two weeks were up. We had to go and meet them. We presented this idea, and they absolutely loved it. Wow. And they said, I said, look, we're going to have to work together. I don't know how we're going to do this. And they said, we'll collaborate. We'll put some skin in the game. We'll work with you. We'll make this happen because we just love this idea. It's so aligned to who we are as a company. You've seen the bigger picture. You're not just going to be our supply chain company. You're not just going to be our transport operation. And that was a massive learning. On two accounts, you've got to be authentic. If you don't know, you've got to say that's okay. You don't know. Even if you're the owner, the founder, the leader, whatever your role is, that help your team then want to help you. That was such a great lesson. The team couldn't do enough to come up with ideas and sort of brainstorm and try and work together. That was phenomenal. And then the second lesson was don't just focus on what you do. Think about your client. Put them in put yourself in their shoes and help them to achieve something bigger together. And that's mm-hmm. what I love to help companies to achieve. Very great. That is uh, that is an awesome story. I think uh, it's a good uh, medium bookend, and I, I would love to kind of close out the podcast with, you know, in in your world in, in the UK, because I always I always ask people every once in a while who are not you know they're overseas is it wealth in the West you know in Canada and Western Canada is is perceived to be different. 
Um, when you look at uh, the picture of wealth or when you think of the picture of wealth, what do you envision as your picture of wealth? Well, it's uh, happiness and fulfillment. So just having that sense of feeling happy and being fulfilled. And the when, I, when I'm doing that, I'm generally with my family. In addition to that, it's got to be working with people that I really love working with, where we, our values are very much aligned. But And it's being in a place where you can sort of choose who you want to work with. That sounds perhaps the wrong way around, but you know it's a good fit for both of you. You know it's going to work. And you're both really excited about working together. You think you could uh, choose who you work with before you make money or, you know, you're early in your career? No. (laughs) I I mean, I think you probably, you, you could, but I had to go through that learning curve. Yeah. And I think perhaps you've got to experience what doesn't work to know what will work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my experience anyway. I, I, I kind of had to to go through, you know, where it wasn't necessarily a good fit. It really helps you to define what you know will work. And mindset and culture and values are key things for me because I know when they are aligned, you'll get amazing results. I really appreciate it, Rebecca. Thank you uh, for coming on the show. Where can, uh, so listener, if you got a pen, this is the time. Rebecca, where can people find you? Uh, and if you've got any books or anything, please let us know where to find those as well. That's kind of you, Dustin. Thank you very much. I'm always on LinkedIn daily. Rebecca Jenkins, R-J-E-N, R-J-E-N. My website is rjen.co.uk. And my book is Winning Big in Sales. That's available on Amazon. But, you know, um, you can go to my website and get the book for, I think it's £5. I'm not quite sure what that would be in, in dollars. And we will get a copy posted out to you. So the £5 is for the packaging and posting. The book is free. Right. Wow, Rebecca. Thank you. And uh, we look forward to uh, watching what you're up to on LinkedIn. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed the show, please like and rate the show, share with a friend, or use your new knowledge in your next conversation. If during the show something gave you a pang of inspiration, motivation, or sense of uncertainty, act on it now. Get the clarity you're looking for. Find the permission you seek. Go to servicewealth.com to discover how others are learning how to take Fridays off, or buying a recreation property, or spending more money. If you're an organizer of an event where you believe my philosophy on finance and lifestyle design would be applicable, Go to servicewealth.com and book me as a speaker at your next event. If you want a copy of our new book coming out soon, send me a message on Instagram or Facebook and we will be sure to get you a first copy. 